Welcome to Metball, the world's first transatlantic college sports podcast. A partnership between Ball State University in Indiana, USA and Cardiff Metropolitan University in Wales in the UK. The Emmy Award-winning Sports Link programme from Ball State meets the RTS Award-winning Sport Broadcast Masters from Cardiff Met for a brand new sports podcast. Metball, presented and produced by the students. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Metball Podcast. I am your host for this week, Reese Jones, returning. And I am joined in person this time by fellow Cardiff Met Sports broadcast student, Griff McKee. Griff, give us a hello. Hello. <laughs> Very good. And across the pond, we are joined by our American counterpart from Ball State University, Andrew Willett. Andrew, give us a hello. Let's give this a try. Cheers. Cheers. All right. That hella corny, but we'll, we'll go with it. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, so this week we've got Griff in place of Blake. So, Griff, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm Griff McKee. I'm 22 years old and I'm from North Wales. Uh, I've come down to Cardiff now. I've been here for four years studying business uh, at Cardiff Uni and then I've d- uh, made Lame. the transition Cardiff from Uni. Cardiff Ooh. Uni to Met. Yeah, controversial. Controversial switch. A lot of daggers when we're watching the rugby. <laughs> but no, made, made a move on a free transfer uh, to Cardiff Met. Um, yeah, sporting-wise, haven't really played to a high level, really. <laughs> I, I enjoy playing football. Uh, I played cricket and rugby when I was younger. Football's in... Soccer, by the way, yeah, for American sorry. listeners. Football, aka soccer. And then I've started playing golf as well in the last year. Handicap is currently around 18, but I went today and I was pretty poor. Yeah, whatever whatever handicap means, I don't know anything about golf. But yeah, you you, you went today. How was that? Poor? Uh, windy. Windy, to say the least, and I was, wasn't playing very well. Yeah, we are in Wales after yeah. all, aren't we? Um, all the time yeah. what uh, what teams do you support support Liverpool Liverpool through and through I've been going to mm. games since I was about five years old so I've seen quite a bit of football there I support Wrexham a bit as well so hey. the, um, yeah that's the one uh, Ryan Wrexham. Reynolds and uh, Rob McElhenney yeah that's the one they've yeah. bought that club and then yeah Wales Wales football Wales rugby everything Wales very decent we've got a Welsh Welsh Big Red Wall member here. Oh, of course, of course. Going to the games. Unreal. Next, next time the international breaks. Very good. On. So, Andrew, what has happened to you um, since the last time we spoke? What have you done from a from a broadcast perspective? We spoke two two weeks ago, actually, to the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a Friday Saturday ESPN broadcast for women's volleyball, and this is a shout out to them, actually. They won their sixth and seventh matches in a row, and they're now on a ten-game, ten-match winning streak. Wow. Uh, so they've got a twenty-and-three record. They are killing it with two oh, more God. to coming up this weekend. But I was working graphics for that ESPN broadcast, and then uh, I went to the women's basketball media day creative shoot that we had. Incredible, great job. Aaliyah Prim has an edit coming out as their season's coming up. And then this past Saturday, game day for our football team. It was homecoming week last week, so very busy wow. week. I helped with some prep. I was on graphics for the pregame show. Um, but Ball State football uh, couldn't win their fourth straight. Um, fell 24-17 to Miami of Ohio. They fall to 500. Then Sunday, 
Miami of Ho- Ohio. <laughs> That's just so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Miami, Ohio. How disappointing is that? I'm going to Miami in for Ohio. uni in Ohio. Yeah. Ohio. Jeez. Anyway, continue. <laughs> and then Sunday, uh, we were on track to have an ESPN broadcast of soccer where I was going to produce. It was going to be my second job producing for ESPN. And then just monsooning. There was so much rain. We had to cancel it for lightning. Had to, we, we set up for the whole thing. And then just as it was pouring, we had to tear everything down, soaking wet. Um, but they went on to win, five to nothing. Shout out to Giovanni Alcantar and uh, Parker Webster. They got out there uh, for our digital radio broadcast because we couldn't do SPN. But since then, uh, I've been planning some feature stories and metballing. And Reese, I need to ask you, Reese, I yes. need to ask you, what on earth is going on with the Kansas City Chiefs? Oh, don't, don't, I, I, oh, I don't even want to, I don't even want to, I don't want to, I don't know what to say. Honestly, I'm speechless about my Chiefs right now. I mean, all the, from what I'm seeing on, uh, like, kind of Fox Sports and ESPN and stuff like that, people still have the Chiefs as, like, a Super Bowl contender. And before the season, I mean, they were, like, the Super Bowl contender, obviously, because we were in the Super Bowl last year. But what are we now? Three and three and four, I think now, or something like that. It is, it's horrendous. I mean, we lost. It, it was Patrick Mahomes' first game without a touchdown in the NFL ever last weekend against uh, against uh, Tennessee away. Lost twenty-seven to three. Oh yeah, Abs- I actually watched that. Absolutely spanked. Like, <laughs> I do- we have we've we're supposed to have the most like automatic offense in the league, and we scored three points against a really poor Tennessee defense. Like, I I I don't know what the deal is. Patrick Mahomes is tied for the most interceptions in the league with Zach Wilson of the Jets. Like, who on earth? What's that? And if you compare that to like a soccer reference in the Premier League? Oh, an interception in soccer. What's the? Oh, that's got to be that's uh, close to like own goals almost. Oh, own it? goals are probably worse. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd say I'd say nine interceptions after seven games is like scoring like three. Is like two own goals and a red card in seven oh, games. Okay. It's like poor. <laughs> Seriously like, poor. Like quite poor. For somebody who's the highest paid athlete on earth or has the most expensive contract on earth, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But, um, you know, we're, we'll move on from that. I don't really <laughs> want to, to, to dwell um, um, any longer. Griff, let's, um, let's tell Andrew a little bit about our last couple weeks. Talk to, me about the, talk to me about the rugby the other day. Yeah, I think that's the main talking point, really, as Andrew... Yeah, you mentioned about the rain and the stuff. You had problems. Well, we had some uh, pretty classic, stereotypical Welsh weather, <laughs> didn't we? <laughs> last Wednesday, oh. uh, I was on comms with Blake. Um, Blakey, Blakey boy Blake, from last week, by the way. Yeah, Blake, Blake Brown. from last time. Um, so we were in this broadcast hut. So it's just been thrown up, really, on the side of the, of the rugby pitch, like right behind the right behind the posts, yeah. it? like ten feet behind the goalposts. Yeah. Yeah. So that's got a, a fairly okay view, really, of the game, but mm. it's nice and dry in there. Yeah. Uh, all day it had been sunny, hadn't it? All day. We were <laughs> Literally. All thinking, oh, yeah, it's going to be all right. It was, tonight. what was it, like a seven o'clock kickoff or something like uh, that? Yeah, half six, and then, oh, oh the heavens opened, and they <laughs> pouring it down. Poor Matt and Nesta and Jamie on the gantry without uh, oh. without any head cover were absolutely soaked through. Well, we, had, we were supposed to have three cameras set up. Um, we were supposed to have a, a, a wide and a tight camera and then a studio camera. 
And after what th- twenty five minutes, thirty minutes, you went black on yeah. commentary, like no picture, no picture going out for the broadcast. So me and Blake were there, kind of doing some sort of audio description, radio <laughs> commentary vibes. Point, yeah. So we were like, yeah, they've got the ball in the twenty two, just on the edge, and going into so much detail trying yeah. to explain what's going on. You, but, you couldn't even see much through the amount of rain that was going yeah, on. No, and you were exactly. looking out a tiny window from the hut. Oh my gosh! And then two two cameras are broken now as yeah. well it's it's it was a crazy crazy day yeah. wasn't it? i was gonna say see in, in the uk we don't we don't shut down our productions because of a little bit of rain do you know what i mean oh, we, no, we, we, we brave, <laughs> brave the weather over here but tons of wind as well it was, oh, it was loads, poor. Yeah. what else have we uh what else have we been up to uh, we've had some guest speakers in such as mark church um ashley crowter fran donovan yeah basically Three of them kind of similar, you'd say. One presenting, commentating. Yeah. Yeah, but I think Mark Church was more um, more like radio, radio commentary yeah, with yeah, the BBC. Yeah. Um, and then like Fran and... Fran was presenting on Fran the BBC. Fran was a, yeah, presenting, yeah. sport presenter on the BBC. And then Ashley Actually, was... He's moved on to more... He's like politics and stuff like that. But like a, more yeah. like news reporting kind of thing. So a, it was a nice wide range. Get, um, the range of different yeah. stuff going because... Mark's drills, drills. <laughs> I like when he's training or something. <laughs> uh, Mark's kind of, uh, what would you call it? Uh, it's, uh, uh, exercises. exercises, yeah. 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 Um, his exercises were interesting. So we'd walk around campus in pairs, sit, say, in the cafeteria, and just try and describe everything you see into as much detail as possible. And then the aim of that was just to say, that is what you need to do when you're broadcasting on radio. And yeah. it was interesting to get that different perspective compared yeah. to what we had with Dave at the start of the, seat, yeah. at the start of the year, Dave Rogers. Yeah, we were literally walking around. He gave us little Zoom microphones to walk around uni, and we had like an hour to walk around like the halls and just describe what you're seeing to as if it's like a radio broadcast. That the viewer or the listener, I guess, has no, obviously can't see anything. So mm-hmm. you have to. You're walking by, walking downstairs, and you're like, oh, we've got a wooden railing here. The stairs are gray. Um, on the windows, we've got a mask sign, so we're all about safety. Just saying. <laughs> just, COVID safe. Yeah, COVID safe. <laughs> just saying anything you see, painting a picture yeah. was, the, was the word he used. So, um, yeah, yeah, those good. have been the biggest, like the most, um, not important, but the most uh, <laughs> Standout stuff. Yeah, then, standout really. stuff. Yeah. About and yesterday, of course, we were doing other stuff such as, put, I did reporting for the men's football. They lost yesterday, so it was quite awkward <laughs> doing an interview with the manager afterwards, <laughs> trying to not tell him your tactics were not matched to Bath to say the least <laughs> on that day. But no, he was. To be fair, with um, Mr. Christian Edwards. Christian Edwards, Oof. yeah. But to be fair, he was super nice. Like, I was I he? expected him to be a bit angry about it, but no, he was just more like. Looking forward to the weekend. Yeah, decent, very yeah. good. Uh, an eventful, eventful week here at Met, and sounds just as, um, just as eventful at Ball State. Honestly, I think the the broadcast courses that we run here, anyway, are from a sporting perspective, like just one of the most practical and in high level and, and really industry ready based as anything else I've seen uh, here, anyway. What, what would you say, Andrew? Would you say you you guys are kind of Top tier over there on your side. Well, clearly, I I thought very highly of it because I decided to come here and I thought it would really set me up well. Yeah. But we like to think of ourselves as like a top national uh, program for sports production, 
but that be broadcasting behind the scenes, everything else. So uh, we really like to see ourselves as someone other universities and other programs can look up to. So very good. Good to hear. So it sounds like we've got the best of the best on this podcast is what you're telling me. That's I like to think that. Um, it's not very modest. No. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. we don't, we don't. Yeah, we'll say that. That's one thing this podcast does not have is modesty. Um, all right, moving into the next section, a little bit more serious this time. Um, a new story just came out yesterday where uh, Australian footballer Josh Cavallo uh, came out as the first openly gay professional footballer, a uh, male professional footballer, let me add. Um, so his story, he posted a video on his Twitter, uh, a very heartfelt video and it seemed like it was really kind of hard for him to 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 post that um because he's probably been, he's been bottling this up for for years and uh he's basically just came out and said he he is is proud is proud to be gay and is is proud to be the first male player to be coming out and he's, he's using that video to to hopefully help um inspire a future generation of of LGBTQ community members um, in professional sport, particularly more masculine ones such as football, rugby, NFL football, you know, loads of loads of male sports. But we just wanted to use this story to kind of talk about um, our experiences that we've had with, you know, masculinity, exclusivity in in our sporting experiences. I do just want a disclaimer. We are all three straight white men. So we obviously do not have a very diverse perspective on this. So we just kind of want to say what we've what we've experienced in the, in this field and and just emphasize how it needs to change really. Um, and Griff, let's start off with you. What have you kind of experienced in your football days? Yeah, it's just mostly um, what it seems to be is people using homophobic slurs mm. to kind of offend try to offend other players and get into their skin a bit so in in games you know in the heat of the moment people say stuff yeah sometimes they might be not really meaning it trying to just use a word to offend someone else but when it's, it it's, com- it's too, too normalized isn't it yeah it's, right. especially i think it's it comes through even uh, the school system and stuff as well because you start learning um when you when you're even very young you learn like words you think that are offensive and then you associate the words such as gay uh, and other homophobic slurs to be a negative when it yeah. really isn't yeah. and then you continue and you grow up and you, people are using it in football matches and that is just it's not acceptable really and it, something needs to be normalised um, in terms of some sort of education system maybe to teach um, young people to how to act and how to use these words and, and what they what they like actually mean I yeah, guess exactly. in, in, in a real world context because there, there wasn't much I know me in my American upbringing I didn't have any real education on uh, you know LGBTQ history um, uh, general general movements that happened but really they didn't go in depth really um, and there's obviously loads of issues with what with the way we're taught things in schools at least from an american's perspective from from what i remember learning um but particularly with lgbtq plus stuff it was kind of just like scraped over i guess they just kind of just didn't really put too much time into it and i think that contributes to that yeah yeah and i think as well now things are changing i think obviously um the story about josh is brilliant that um, he's felt comfortable enough and 
I, I think I heard in one of his interviews, uh, he spoke to his manager first and then he was so supportive of him and that's brilliant to hear. And then you see other stuff such as players wearing um, the rainbow flag um, coloured laces in mm. the Premier League and the Championship as well here. And the, cap- the captain's armbands as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. the captain armband. So I think stuff are um, being done to change the way people look at LGBTQ plus um, people, but... Yeah, there needs to be much more um, being done than what's doing now, and it's great that he's felt comfortable enough to come out as their first openly gay football player. Yeah, and I think with me, um, when I came over to play preseason football, when I came over to to Cardiff, what three? Geez, three and a three. bit years ago now. Yeah, Jeez, yeah. Louise, time's flying. Um, I came over and played some preseason football for a month and a half before uni started, so I didn't really know anybody I didn't really have any ingrained like group of people that I knew so when I showed up to training for the first day I was really kind of thrown in the deep end with the kind of exclusivity and kind of masculine based culture I guess I don't really know exactly what words to use for that but you know the first thing I was hearing out of people's mouths was how many drinks they'd had the night before and you know calling people all sorts of derogatory words that don't really have any real offensive like they're not really thinking about what they're saying I guess you know they're just saying words and like not really like you were saying a minute ago just saying stuff and not really thinking about what the actual word means and stuff like that and you know talking about you know girls that they'd been with and showing pictures and just that kind of thing you know it's just not really if you were if you were a, a member of the LGBTQ community there, I can only imagine how off-putting and I guess just almost derogatory that yeah. would make you feel, I guess. As and, um, well. yeah, just, it made, made me feel uncomfortable just because yeah, I'm not no. really yeah. as much into that. It, it, being from my U.S. upbringing in, in, in soccer and stuff, it, I, was, I was really just startled, I guess, yeah. by it. I was kind of off, but that's part of the reason that I don't really want to push myself into playing as much anymore in in that kind of community I guess because it's just a really lad culture Mm. kind of thing that's just like general lad culture I guess is Is it similar in the states the way soccer teams behave or do you think it's 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 a bit it's different it's regional I guess I'm sure it'd be different in different parts but from where I was from in Kansas City it was uh you know I was from quite a privileged little bubble area so it was a very money driven sport so in a sense it was but people I guess were had a bit more education to it were a little bit more woke to it and it wasn't as tolerated if 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 a referee for instance heard you say something on the on the pitch at least when I was playing it was not tolerated you were you were done and you were almost can almost canceled i guess not yeah. canceled but like y- you had to change yeah, immediately yeah. like the way you were speaking and the way you were thinking about things so it's it might just be the age and the the region that i was playing in um but it's i'm sure it's different in different sports and in different different areas of of the u.s but just from my own experience it was Definitely less tolerated than it seems to be over here. There's just a much more kind of lads, masculine yeah. culture around it here, um, yeah. at least in football anyway. Yeah, for sure. Um, Andrew, give us your thoughts. What, what, do, what do you think about what we've, just, what we've just said? Do you kind of concur with 
the way we've described our experiences? Do you think that they, have you had similar experiences or do you have any other real life stories to share? Well, my first thought uh, when you brought this up was the Las Vegas Raiders and Carl Nassib and John Gruden. Mm. And there has been a lot of news surrounding uh, those two people and that organization um, recently. Uh, that's an NFL team, obviously. But, no, I, I will say to start out with, though, that it sounds like you, you described it as lad culture. <laughs> Toxic masculinity yes, uh, over here. That's the, word, is, that's the word I was looking for. That was the terminology I was looking for. Yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> very much prevalent in the U.S. as well. Yeah. It sounds very similar over there as it is over here. But the Carl Nassib and the Raiders situation, uh, Carl uh, came out as gay, and uh, it, it was June of this past summer, mm. and that was really big news. And uh, like like you said, I'm going to reiterate it. We're three straight white guys. Yep. Like our, our experiences, uh, that's not quite the the perspective you're looking for. But we definitely have a perspective on uh, toxic masculinity in sports. Yeah. Um, so like with Josh, with Carl, that is fantastic for them. It's something that shouldn't even be like in a, a huge story. But it has to be because of yeah. uh, the way our society, the way our cultures treat it. Um, but with that, uh, Carl came out, and then five games into this NFL season, um, like these John Gruden emails, <laughs> there's a ton, a ton to unpack yeah, here. They were found. <laughs> they were found in a report uh, connected to the football organization uh, in Washington D.C. Uh, that's now referred to as the Washington football team. Just another topic. <laughs> to future future topic, day. yeah. Jeez. <laughs> um, uh, but John Gruden in these emails was found to send a lot of misogynistic, anti-gay, and racist language uh, towards the Players Association executive director, uh, D. Murray Smith, as well as the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell. And even when the L.A. Rams drafted the first openly gay player back in 2014. Uh, he had some emails that with some not great comments in there. Same with the introduction of female referees to the NFL. And so with the findings of these emails, uh, John Gruden was fired as the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders five games into the year. Bless. And that, that, that is attached to Carl Nassib coming out as gay. Um, but... Uh, just unbelievably news, and it just makes you you wonder, like th that has to just be the tip of the iceberg, as I've yeah. heard people mm -hmm. put it Literally. in the NFL, yeah. because I know my experiences. It, it's often referred to over here as locker room talk. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah, geez, you bring up these, uh, these terms I should have used. Yeah, no, it's definitely <laughs> that's what I hear about it as well. But toxic masculinity is a very common. Um, especially in male sports. Yeah. Um, I know female sports, we should mention it. Like in the U.S., the WNBA is extremely inclusive and does, does a great job of uh, including all, everyone. Um, but in male sports especially, um, it, the John Gruden news just has to be the tip of the iceberg and it just makes you wonder what else is going on around the NFL 
and male sports in the U.S. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think women's sports has kind of gone hand in hand with just general inclusivity. And so I think the inclusion of um, like LGBTQ plus people as well as just the growth of women's sports have just worked together to just increase inclusivity. doesn't matter what color you are, how you identify or anything like that. They just want everybody to play, whereas the male side is definitely still catching up. It, it's definitely better in some sports than others. Um, but, you know, we, we've got a Welsh international rugby player um, on our course, Caitlin Lewis, who mentioned how the, the Welsh rugby women's team is almost 85% openly gay. And, you know, those numbers, 85%, it's... it's you can almost count on one hand how many people in the in men's rugby are like openly gay or LGBTQ or anything like that. Like it's it's ridiculous that the variety of numbers there. I mean, a- anything you need to add, Griff? I just think in general, um, by today, things seem to be getting more on track. If you, it's 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 kind of. Getting on, on track, back on track is not what I mean, but yeah. it, it's in a better um, state now than it was about 10 years ago. And there's, I think There's more awareness, I think, yeah, is what I it think, is. Yeah, I think social media has almost, yeah, in some cases, people can abuse people more on social media. But when events such as Pride in the UK, so there's um, Pride in Cardiff, Pride in Brighton, I'm sure there's ones in cities all over the UK... Mm. When those events happen, you can see it all over social media, which is brilliant for that community, for more people to see it's going on and for people to get on board with the idea and understand more where they're coming from. Because even us three now, we are not ex- like we don't no. know, we don't know like loads in this field. We need to learn more as yeah, well. It's definitely. on everyone to go out there and learn more about the community and what's right and wrong and how to how to respect them more at the end of the day. Definitely. Well, now that that's gotten its its time on air, let's move on to our documentary review that we went on about last week. So last week, I challenged the listeners, but as well as Andrew and Blake, to give a watch the first episode of the Bad, Bad Sports documentary on Netflix. And the first episode was a basketball point-shaving example. Um, Andrew... Talk to us about that. I'm sure you've definitely watched it. We've had Griffin here. He's watched it as well. Give us your thoughts both on the content but also editorially kind of how it was shot and the way they chose to, to sh- I guess, shoot it and structure it, I guess. Give us your thoughts there. So, first of all, with the content, like you said, a really unbelievable story <laughs> that I, I had no idea about. Not, nor did I. I is crazy. Never heard of it. Mm-hmm. At, like, Hadith Smith was a stud, and uh, not only watching him, like, throw that away for his own career, but on his own team is just brutal. And so, uh, spoiler alert if you missed that, but uh, we did tell you to watch it two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. From an edit. <laughs> just to t- an tell, us, tell us quickly what happened. Give us just a, a brief overview of what the actual situation was. So Hadej and ASU had a few good years, and they're coming into what was his last year at Arizona State University, 
and a Bochi on campus uh, gets in touch with uh, a broker in Chicago, mm-hmm. and that broker uh, made a deal with Hadej to fix the game and intentionally make it so Arizona State either lost or didn't win by too many points so that he, the broker, could bet on the underdog and make a crap ton of money. And this went on for a few games and was not caught. But then uh, the fifth game and the FBI was all over it. And it really it derailed Hedate Smith's uh, future. Uh, he never got to the NBA. Uh, the Arizona State team, they never, or they like really faltered after some really disappointing performances yeah. while Hedate and a teammate were point shaving. And so just a fascinating story. Yeah. Um, editorially? Yeah, talk to us editorially. I would say the interviews where they were shot, um, I really enjoyed. I thought it was really smart to have them as the center point in those interviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, you couldn't, there wasn't much behind them. It was entirely focused on the subjects that were being interviewed, and I, I liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the B-roll, the transitions, the music really kept you engaged. Yeah, I did, like yeah. I felt like I, I, I couldn't turn away. I was really invested in each one of those basketball games. They had good animations to explain the stats. I really like numbers too, though. Yep. So like a stat like that, and so those animations showing the numbers and graphics that they threw up, um, saying, hey, maybe the game needs to be fixed. Arizona State can only win by six points or less mm. or something like that. But, yeah, the transitions. And I really liked the B-roll, how they, they didn't really have footage from back then. All they had was game footage. Yeah. So they went back and created and used some of those old-timey props, <laughs> like an old phone or something like that. Um, I thought that was that was really cool. It was, it was almost like those, you know, those shows on like Animal Planet where like somebody gets attacked by a bear or something and they do this really corny reenactment of it where it's just it's obviously just so not real footage just clearly clearly not the not the real not the same person not the same time but it was it was that principle but they actually they got actors that looked very similar to yeah. it they sh- shot it really well it looked it you know if if you weren't really paying attention you would have thought that it was it was actually like real footage um griff from your perspective obviously andrew knows a lot about basketball he didn't know this particular story but kind of understood how basketball worked and the point scoring system and stuff like that from you who really doesn't know a scooby-doo about basketball how how did you feel did you get an understanding of how the game worked in general but also did you understand the situation like what was going on yeah, so at the start, when I started watching it, I was a bit confused because, yeah, I haven't got a Scooby-Doo basketball, <laughs> as you mentioned. But as it as it went on and the story developed, you were kind. It was it was essentially just a great story. It wasn't really, it was yeah. almost about basketball. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It was about the behind the scenes stuff and how that that affected the sport going forward. But. Um, no, it was. I thought it was. I was thought, thought it was class to be honest. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was good. Um, but as um, as we were mentioning there about um, editorially and from kind of a production point of view, I thought yeah, the interviews 
were class, the centrepiece. But I thought the lighting and the music kind of created a mysterious mood yeah. throughout. I mean, I th- they, they, made the, they made the athletes and the people in question, like, literally under the spotlight. Yeah. They, the, the way they actually lighted it and used the setting of the, the, the background. I mean, they, they put Headache in at one point um, in, in a locker room, but it, was, yeah. it wasn't... The, the, the locker room was not the centerpiece of it whatsoever. Like, the athletes and the interviewees mm. were, like, the focus. That's all anybody yeah. really cared about. And they about. looked as if they were getting into, uh, under investigation. Yeah. So it looks as if it was actual them explaining their story yeah. as it was at the time. Like to a cop almost. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Especially with the lighting. like made them look, like, in the dark. Like, yeah. do, do you get what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. stress and stuff. It, yeah. it was, I thought it was class, to be fair. Yeah. And the use of their interviews then to paint the story throughout. Yeah. Like, and getting all of that information from them so they didn't, they didn't need any, anyone else explaining the story or telling the story because obviously the, the characters are telling themselves yeah. in themselves yeah yeah the way the way Netflix those people on Netflix they oh, they yeah. know how to make a, a little sports doc but the way they like you said they focused on even though it's a basketball story mm. if you don't know anything about basketball they explained it really well and they expl- I don't know anything about betting so yeah. when they were talking about point shaving and like betting on the underdog I was like yeah. I, I understand that you're betting on somebody to lose but I didn't know how the the over and under work yeah. and stuff like that and they did a really good job of I guess painting that picture and making sure yeah. that whoever was watching if you were paying attention at all that you should really understand what's happening and it was more based on the story like you said it wasn't about basketball it was about yeah. the story and the, the human aspect of it I guess focusing on how they, how, why they did it how they needed the money and how the money was going to you know benefit them I guess yeah I think it was similar as well in um the Michael Jordan documentary yeah. way. it's not about him playing basketball mm. it's about him and how he turned to be such a big brand yeah. like himself more but, more the more the human story of it yeah, which exactly. which it just makes it more universal i guess yeah, 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 anybody exactly. can watch it yeah um so andrew has got a new one for us talk, talk to us about a new doc that we just need to watch all right so jumping off of bad sport As previously mentioned, The Last Dance. Andrew, talk to us about The Last Dance. That's going to be our documentary we recommend this week, The Last Dance. I watched it uh, over the pandemic, and then more recently watched it again. Just first episode, it's on Netflix. Uh, Go watch it if you haven't seen it already. As uh, Reese has said, what are you doing? Yeah. If you haven't Living seen this under a rock, the, the goat of sports documentaries, the the the, the gold standard, as yeah. some would say. But go watch episode one. Got me through the the pandemic, where it was like every week. That's what I was looking forward to. Uh, interesting to watch over again, and that's our recommendation. Okay, moving on to our last section of today of the Met Ball podcast. We just want to do a little preview of sports that each of us are excited to watch this upcoming weekend in the next couple days. I'm going to start. So on Sunday at King Coyd Campus at Cardiff Metropolitan University, we have got the WBBL women's basketball team back at home for the first time in absolutely ages. It's been far too long since I last got to see them live in the Arches Arena. So they are playing at home 
Uh, I, uh, I'm going to have to restart that because I don't know who they're playing. Hold <laughs> on. Time out. Time out. Got to restart that. Oh. God, mate, who are you playing? They haven't played home in so long. I'm such a big fan so of excited, this team. Mate. Who are they playing? <laughs> <laughs> it's on Insta. It's like London Lions, but I didn't want to say it because I'm not, not positive. Is it London Lions? I'm going to be pissed if it's London Lions because that would have been a good take. It actually is. I'm fuming. Okay, let's get. Let's. I'm restarting that. <laughs> Should go for it. <laughs> oh, restarting. Uh, oh, it's poor from yeah. me. Oof. Okay. <laughs> All right. So moving on to our last section of today, we just want to do a little preview of sports that each of us are excited to watch this weekend. I am going to start selfishly because I am going to be courtside attending the WBBL women's Cardiff Archers against London Lions at home for the first time in absolutely ages in the Archers arena. This Sunday tip-off is at half two in the afternoon. Me and fellow Cardiff Met broadcast student Atticus Pede, also American, are going to be commentating on that. It's going to be broadcasted live uh, onto YouTube on Cardiff Met Sport TV's YouTube channel. So if anybody wants to hear us and see us in a bit of a Halloween costume, TBD, not exactly sure what we're going to be as, but unbelievable commentary with some unbelievable action to watch. But I'm also, I don't know if excited's the word, but I will be watching the Chiefs versus the Giants on Monday Night Football. That is an absolute must win because if not, I think our postseason hopes are going to disintegrate into the ether i think we're gonna we're just gonna it's it's it'll be a chalk of a season we're gonna have to move on to the next one how can we watch that in the uk oh mate it's gonna be on sky at like <laughs> half one on tuesday so i'm gonna be staying up it's oh it's gonna be past my bedtime but you know wednesday worth can take it, a hit it'll be it. worth it yeah, we'll see if it's worth it it better be worth it, oh, yeah, if it, if it. i'll be poor if, if it's not griff talk to us what are you excited for um for, well first one as a Liverpool fan, looking forward to watching Liverpool versus Brighton. It's not live on telly here in the UK, but I'll be watching it on Match of the Day, the highlights programme we have on the BBC. I'm also looking forward um, to Wales rugby. So every year in the autumn, Wales have four games internationals. Uh, they normally play the Southern Hemisphere teams, such as South Africa, Australia, Fiji, Argentina, but this weekend they're playing the All Blacks, New Zealand. Um, they've got a strong team, to be fair, and Wales have a depleted side at the moment. So, good chance they'll lose. <laughs> nonetheless, I'm going to enjoy watching it anyway. To watch it anyway. Yeah. yeah um, and then um, the T20 World Cup has started as well for cricket, and um, England are playing against Australia. The England team are actually. England and Wales, despite it only saying England on the, on the logo and that, but it is Love England Wales. and Wales, and it'll be a nicer taster before the Ashes series starts down um, down under. Australia, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Australia. Oh, I know my cricket knowledge. You mate. do. Don't even, te- <laughs> don't even test me. Andrew, talk to us. What are you excited for this upcoming weekend? This weekend? Halloween weekend? Happy Halloween. Yeah, happy um, Halloween. Yes. Are you going to be getting but, uh, into any costumes this weekend? or? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, actually, I don't know. Are you guys familiar with Phineas and Ferb? Oh, oh yeah. come on! Do you know where I'm from the U.S.? What are you talking about? Of course. <laughs> Who are you? My, you, you give me some Ferb vibes. I, well, Ferb's the best. We know that, so I appreciate that. That's a compliment. But, but it's my girlfriend and I will be doing is Candace and Jeremy. Oh, is that you and Ferb? Which one was? Which one's Jeremy? Is that her boyfriend or something? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Underwhelming. <laughs> I was hoping for some Perry ter- the Platypus or hey, Phineas of Ferb action. Poor. We had plan. We had plans for Perry as well oh. as uh, Doctor Doofenshmirtz. Oh come it was on! Great. Didn't work out. Oh, underwhelming. Well, hopefully your sports are not going to be as poor. Talk to us about. <laughs> talk to us about what you are excited to watch this weekend, sports-wise. Well, beautiful Halloween Sunday. No ESPN broadcast this weekend, so I'm going to watch some NFL football on Sunday. I'm going to turn on Red Zone. It's going to be great. And then the Celtics, they've got a couple games over the next few days, and I'm I'm watching every single one of those. And Ball State has four live sporting events in Muncie this weekend. So great weekend coming up. And you are a Colts fan, correct? I am a Colts who, fan. Who have your Colts got this weekend? The Tennessee Titans, who just dominated. Oh, sore topic from me. <laughs> dominated your no. Chiefs. Oh, okay. Well, I swear down, if your Colts, if your Colts somehow beat the Titans and you have bragging rights, there's no way your Colts are <laughs> are poor, a poor team. Them, but sounds like an action-packed week of live sport to to catch. Um, selfishly, just want to plug again. WBBL basketball live stream going out, Cardiff Met Sport TV YouTube channel. Give it a listen. Give it a watch. It's going to be some good fun with me and Mr. Atticus Peed. So that's going to be the end of today's Betball podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to be joined by my good pub quiz pal, Griff McKee. There we go. Yeah, looking forward to the pub quiz again this week. Hopefully we come out come out on top. Not perfect. Like last week, perfect. No, perfect. You. Yes, it's been a joy. And again by our American correspondent, Mr. Andrew Willett. Thank you very much. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. This has been the Metball Podcast. If you have any suggestions, give us a follow, give us a shout on the socials, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can follow the Cardiff Mets Sport Broadcast course on Twitter. If you look for at Met Broadcast on all the other social media platforms, search for Cardiff Mets Sport TV. You can stay across SportsLink on all social platforms at BSU SportsLink is what you need to look for there. And of course, the SportLink website. And get in touch for information about our activities and academic programs. And please share and like our podcast with your friends.